My saga uh, began uh, a few months ago, maybe six, when I realized that our uh, parking, our parking lot that we have here is going to disappear in uh, a few months. Uh, and we won't have any parking here at All Souls for about a year and a half or so, uh, because we are hopefully uh, taking down this building that we have here, and we're going to be uh, creating housing for vulnerable elders to live in. And so for the time being, you know, after we have taken that building down and taken out some of the dirt and created a new structure on top of it, um, we won't have a place to park. And so it's got me thinking about what I should be doing next. And so I, I decided to rethink my commute. Uh, at first, I thought maybe I should go uh, Stephen Shaver style and get a, a moped with a really elegant scarf. Um, but then I decided probably not that or, or a scooter. And I've kind of settled on uh, an electric bike. And so I did a lot of research over uh, many months, visited, test rode, all that. And I finally found a really economical one. And I ordered it, was really excited. Uh, and then it showed up, and the brake cable was wound around the stem. And so I, a friend of mine and I tried to fix it, which we kind of did, uh, but then the brakes were loose. And so I was still excited and had to then fix the brakes. And then I went over a bump, and the electrical system went out. And an electric bike without an electrical system is not nearly as uh, helpful. And so I got one part. And I was really still excited, and then it still didn't work. And so then I got another, and I was still mostly excited, and I fixed it, and it still didn't work. And a third part, and I'm waiting on the fourth part uh, to see if this bicycle is going to revolutionize my life in the way that I've heard about in all the podcasts and seen in all the gauzy videos of how this will change the way you live. And then, of course, in the last several weeks... Um, my life, our life, has shrunk down to like a three-mile radius. And I have realized that this bike has taken on a whole new significance. So, this Sunday, we hear the story that is one of the touchstones of Christianity. The story of the road to Emmaus. And this, uh, this time, I'd like to focus our attention on just two of the moments in this incredibly rich touchstone. The moments where the disciples see and recognize what's happening or not. The first one, uh, they are walking away from Jerusalem. They are sad and confused. Uh, because their Lord and teacher has died, and then some women have come back from the tomb to say his body is missing, and a stranger comes alongside them. Now, from our viewpoint, we know it's Jesus himself, but they don't know that. And so um, they begin to walk and talk, and what we're told in the text is that their eyes were kept from recognizing him which is a really strange way to describe this. 
It's as if uh, with this passive voice, is God keeping them from seeing? And I've been wondering this week, could it also be that as we have told this story over the years, and all of us, I think every Christian, the millions of Christians who have heard this story have said, what? They've been with Jesus for months and months and months. How could they not see him? And I wonder if this is how we've kind of filled in the gaps. And then I think, right, this could also be willful denial, something I'm familiar with. It could be that uh, when we don't think something could exist or that it um, could possibly happen that way, that we're not able to see it. That we don't recognize things that we aren't ready for. This last week, Wednesday, was Earth Day. The 50th anniversary of Earth Day. And as we have learned more and more about what started that movement, leading up to that first day in 1970 and what's happened since, we have recognized incredible successes. Thanks to Rachel Carson and a ban on DDT, we still have bald eagles and California condors. And uh, rivers no longer spontaneously combust. And acid rain is largely a thing of the past. And... Our consumption of fossil fuels and the emissions they produce has continued relatively unabated in these 50 years. And we are facing dire consequences. And so um, this is part of why I think I understand how the disciples might have been kept from seeing. Because as I encounter this situation, and I'm really not talking about those for whom the scientific data uh, doesn't lead to greenhouse gases. Uh, I believe this data has been credible for decades. No, I mean those of us who, even knowing this, have said, well, um, it's so much bigger than I am. Or, you know, there's 17 companies that are really the culprits. Or, I'm only one person. Or, but really, can we make a difference? Back on the road to Emmaus, the, uh, the disciples and the stranger were making their way. Uh, the sun was beginning to set. And they faced this moment, this incredible moment of what do we do next. And I wonder if they looked at each other and they exchanged glances. But regardless, this is the Middle East and hospitality of the stranger is essential. And so they invited him in to eat with them. And in a, a moment that has set the course of Christian worship for thousands of years, the stranger raised the bread, said the prayer, and broke it. And it was in that moment that they 
recognized Jesus. It's what Will was preaching about last week, the apocalypsis. There was this unveiling. There was this glimpse of what was real and true and possible. And it changed their lives forever. Maybe you've read these stories. The uh, pollution in Paris is down 46% from the same time last year. A couple weeks ago, of all the major cities in the world, Los Angeles had the cleanest air. Can you believe that? It's never happened before. Or maybe you saw that really great story about the wild mountain goats that have taken over a town in Wales. There are these uh, bright, shining moments in a time of great shadow that show us what is true and real and could be. Right? I know that um, uh, this rest, this collective halt that we have been engaging in has been, um, well, for many people, hasn't... <laughs> not been rest, <laughs> and it has been deeply unfair and unequal. And the air we breathe is cleaner. And the water that we drink and that creatures swim in is cleaner. And we have been afforded this moment where like those disciples, we recognize something that is real and true and possible. It's like a, a moment of punctuated equilibrium, which in any group of people, a family or a company or a nation or a world, can be an inflection point for change. And so what if? What if we really take hold of this moment to change our lives, to change our patterns, to change the way we live? We know what the world looks like when it is not run by our insatiable desire to consume. And yes, this will involve nations, and it will involve corporations, and it inevitably will involve us. And an electric bike is not going to save the world. I know that. And even if I do get it to work, and I am able to hook on my bike trailer and make runs to Costco with it, hopefully even being able to fit a toilet paper package in it, that's my goal. That's not gonna save the world by itself. But if what we've heard this morning from the story of these disciples with Jesus in Emmaus 
shows us what happens when something is revealed. When the people of God once again learn what is good and true and holy. When life is shown to be there in the midst of what we just saw as death. then I believe we can participate in God's healing of the creation by doing something that we have known about for thousands of years, which is to cease and to stop and to pay attention to the creation. So, keep walking with Jesus, friends. Take the time to see what you can distill to its essence and what you can leave behind. Get ready to see God around us in the healing of our creation and prepare yourself to change.